I'm Billy White. I'm Ethan King. And this is the Inside Out Archery Podcast. You take out a burrito and take a bite. Yes, sir. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right. So let's see here. All right. So this is podcast number three that we're getting into. Trace. We're doing pretty well. We've had um, well over 100 and something uh, listeners. So thank you. Thank you all. Pretty cool, especially for a couple guys that just decided to do this for uh, for fun. Yeah, we just one night when we were bored together at the range, and thought, you know what, other people might like to listen to our gibberish as well. Maybe it'll even help somebody. This way, we get to talk more. Since mm-hmm. we went back home. Yeah, yeah, yep. Ethan's all the way up in PA. I'm all the way down in Georgia. Oh. That's cool, though. We are going to uh, we'll get to go to the trailers together, some of the shoots, especially ASAs, and then we got the indoors we'll be at. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, They're a coming. lot of the people that are listening will be at some of them, too. They're coming along. The trailers are close. Well, let's see. You guys redid the, the 3D trailer that everybody's used to for the last so many years has been retired, right? Yeah, so that trailer, that trailer had been around on the road for the last like ten years. That's um, it's had some wear and tear on the tires and axles then. So that uh, that trailer got retired. I cleaned it out, and uh, they're building a new one. Yeah, That's sweet. And when I walked back there when I was up in PA, you could walk back there and the smell of the wood getting cut and all that stuff, that carpentry smell, I like that. It got back Monday, yesterday? Wrapped? From getting wrapped, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the wrap yet. You'll have to send me a picture of that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's cool. It doesn't have chance on there with a bow that's not made anymore. And... No. Everybody, everybody's shooting for the company they're shooting for now? Uh, yes, yeah. Oh, okay. It's updated then. Yeah, and then the trailer, <laughs> then the the target trailer technically is getting rewrapped as soon as I get done with inventory. Ah, nice. So it'll get a new wrap as well. So there's the yeah, you got the three D trailer, we got the target trailer, and then there's what the NASP trailer. Yeah, that's just like a empty box trailer basically. Word. Well, we've had some good uh, feedback from some of the other podcasts, which is awesome. People listening, we appreciate it. Uh, today, I figured we talked a little bit about going from a lot of people. Some some states, you can still shoot outdoors all year. <laughs> I know people down in Florida. Like my mom, she's shooting field and stuff all year. She's got that nice weather. So uh, they, they got a lot of different tournament stuff they do all year round. But it's a lot of people go to indoor. And when yeah. you go to indoor... A lot of people can't use the same sight setup or scope setup or magnification. Some people ch- change it, especially their peeps. What do you do? You change anything when you go from like a outdoor three D or target to a indoor on your uh, your your scope and peep setup? Yeah, it changes completely. Uh, I go from so for three D, uh, I shoot 
a Hamski heap with a uh, A clarifier. And I don't remember what size aperture I was shooting this year. I don't know. I don't remember what size aperture I was shooting. But uh, with a, and then I, for the past, I don't know how many years I've had it since I was like 13. I've used the 40, what is it, a 42 Nomad or 41? The 41? Yeah, 41. Uh, I've had that thing since I've, I've had it for forever. Uh mm-hmm. With the same lens. I'm still on the same lens that I bought originally with it. Well, Shrewd makes a good product, man. Those Nomads, they're still a solid sight. Um, I mean, the Optins are great too, don't get me wrong, but there's something about the Nomads. It's just, they're almost like a timeless scope. Yeah, so I shoot a, so for 3D, it's the 41 Nomad with a four power lens and an A clarifier with a 10,000th blue up pin and an LP light. Uh, and then for indoor, it's a 16th peep without a clarifier, a shrewd mini mag, which is a 29 mil scope with a four power. You're on four power for pretty much everything. Yeah. Four power for everything. I've the only, I've only ever tried uh, five power and three power. So I've only went one, one more and one left. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I just sent you an Optum that had, a, I think, it's a five in it for you to play with. Yeah. The um. So one thing though, like you, you, you go from outdoor to indoor, but you go from using a clarifier to not using a clarifier, and that's because we've talked about this. But you prefer for your target to be a little bit blurry for indoor. Yeah, for indoor, for indoor, I like for my target to be a little blurry, and that goes for, uh, like Feta or outdoor target, I guess is what it's called now, or whatever you call it, uh, 50 meter. Yeah. Uh, and even some some field stuff, depending on uh, how how the lighting is at that particular venue or whatever. But, yeah, so for indoor, I like for the target to be blurry just so arrow holes and lines on the target don't stand out as much so I don't get either sucked into a hole that, that I've shot in the target or get too focused on the lines. I just, so a 19, a 19,000 pin on with a four power for me, a 19,000 pin just is a little smaller than the 10 ring. Uh, so I can just float it in the middle of the yellow instead of seeing arrow holes and a bunch of lines and stuff. Gotcha. And, and some people like to see everything. Some people like to be able to see the ten ring and the X ring and see their their dot inside the ten ring clearly. Um, but I see the advantages too, though, leaving it blur. That's why a lot of students too. The smaller you get on your pin size or dot, the more movement you can see too. If you don't hold steady, if your equipment's not set up to hold very well. So yeah. some people, I even for when they're indoor or even for outdoor, I put them in like a larger dot or a pin to help cover more of that yellow. Because then they notice less movement. Yeah. Until I've, they start to get more comfortable with it. I've tried have some people like I think Braden does it. I think Braden even puts a larger dot for indoor and it covers most of the yellow form. Yeah, I've I've tried that. I've tried going up to a bigger fiber pin and different size dots. And dots, I don't know. Dots I just can't aim with. I end up 
missing low a lot with a dot. I don't know what it is about a dot that I just don't, I don't like aiming with it. But then a 19,000 or a 29,000 was too big. So I just stick with the 19 for stick with the 19. what yeah. I've always done. And without using a clarifier, I mean, if so, some people that probably do know this, but some people don't, but you can actually, so some people I've heard say that, well, I, I use a, a dot or I use a pen, but it gets blurry or that, you know, I get that halo effect that fuzz around it. Well, you might want to, especially for indoor, you might want to change your peep size because you can change your peep aperture. And, and if it's too large and you shrink it down a little bit, that can clear up that pin for you without having to use a clarifier or a verifier. Yeah, so it it just, your eye has to focus harder, dil, dilates different a little bit um, to focus through that smaller peep. So it actually will clear things up. It'll clear, a smaller peep will clear the target up. But will also make things darker. So, yeah. So you got that varies too, going from indoor to outdoor. I use like for hunting, I, I like to use a little bit larger, uh, a little bit larger aperture just to allow more light in, but still enough to be able to like you know line up my scope pretty good for yeah. dawn and dusk or anything like that. This way I can see clearly because I think I, on on my hunting bow I just have a Hamsky peep in there with no aperture in it at all, so that sucker's huge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty large. I think I'm running like a I'm running a three sixteenths on my hunting bows, and then I'm running like a two thirty seconds. I think is my aperture for indoor. No, oh, I take that back. I may I think I have a five sixteenth aperture in it, which is still massive. Yeah, that's still a good size. And I just have a cheap five pin side on it that has a huge scope housing, so it actually matches up pretty good. That works out. Yeah, super for. I'm running the the UltraView scopes right now, the UV3. And then I'm running, like I said, like a 230 seconds on there, and that lines up pretty good for me. Um, sometimes I'm, like for 3D, I might have gone to a one size up just to give me a little bit more light. But this last few seasons, I ran the Optums primarily. And um, not the large one, but the smaller one. And that worked pretty well for me. But trying the UltraViews this year, I'm running the Hamsky Peep system with a... A plus clarifier, and then I'm running a five power lens in my scopes right now. I do have a four power with a pen and one I'm going to play with for indoor, and then I have a I have a UV3 XL that um I have sitting there. I'm debating if I want to try that for three when I build the 3D bow or not. It's got a six power lens in it. Hmm. I might not go a full six power though. I tried that a little bit last year, and it helped me see. The animal's a little bit better, but it also uh, almost brought too much magnification to where I found, like, especially on the darker targets, it was almost like I couldn't, I had to find the silhouette of the animal. It was, it was magnifying it too much for me. Yeah. I think there's definitely a too much magnification now. There are some weirdos out there that shoot, like, eight powers, like, I don't know, my mom. My mom shoots an eight-power lens with no clarifier or anything. I don't know how she does that. Holy cow. She's got like, yeah, she wears readers for everything. She's like Mr. Magoo. She's a she's a barber, but you put a scope in front of her with an A-power lens and she can hit a lizard at 80 yards. Dang. I can't I can't even imagine what looking through an A-power would be. Would be like, I'd, I'd imagine you'd be able to tell tomorrow what happens. Yeah, yeah. You'd see I'd it, picture you'd... like a crystal ball, like you kind of hover your hands around that scope and then like images of the future start to appear. That's how powerful that is in my mind. 
yeah, it's pretty wild. That's that's crazy, right? Yeah, because I mean, it's it's different than like an eight power an eight power lens is different than like a set of eight power binoculars. Yeah, because the lens is what two three feet in front of your eye. So it, I don't know, it magnifies it more, but. Well, it does. Yeah. That distance makes a big, big, big difference. It's the scope distance, the, the lens distance to your peep distance is what you're yeah. referring to. And that, that eight power versus having it right up to your eyes, like on binoculars versus that little, yeah. you know, 20, 30 inch difference. That's huge. That makes a real big difference. Yeah. And it makes the magnification even more. I mean, there's a jump from. From five to six power, I've never really noticed it, but I did have somebody put a seven power uh, lens on once, and I, I, I checked that out, and there was a huge jump from six to seven, so I can't imagine shooting an eight power. Um, six I, is already enough for me. I thought about playing around with a higher power lens because I thought I may be able to aim mm-hmm. a little finer, but I've just never done it. Hmm. Well, there's always off-season time to yeah. play with things. It's you might do it and not like it right away though too, or you might like it and it's the best thing in the world. But I just don't want to buy one. Lenses are expensive. Yeah, they're not cheap, especially because I don't want to buy. I don't want to buy a cheap one. Mm-mm. Something that's not going to be clear. Yeah, and it's hard unless you play it or you got to talk to the right people. And you don't, you don't have an extreme amount of options for a mini mag. No, you don't. Uh, you're kind of limited there, so they do have a retainer that you can put your lens in, but I don't yeah, even I'm know pretty sure goes in it. Yeah, I think Clear Optics, Clear Optics make, has a retainer ring, and they make a lens for it. Yeah, yeah, Clear Target, and they make a good lens. Oh, um, I may play with that. What was it? X Focus three sixty five. Old Chuck and them. Um, yeah, X Focus. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's that's another one. That's a pretty good lens. I've got one of them. I'm playing with. That's pretty nice. I think they make UltraView's lenses for them. I like UltraView scopes. I got one uh, to play with, but it was just the same thing. The center drilled lens. I couldn't. I didn't feel like I aimed as good without a pin, without an up pin. So I tried a dot. Same. I mean, obviously, a dot doesn't give you a up pin. I tried it versus the center drilled fiber still didn't feel like I aimed super good. And I don't know. I just went back to the shrewd housing. Yeah. You went back to what was comfortable for you. Tried something didn't work. If it I worked, wish, you just stuck with it. I wish I could. You can't, I mean, you can put an up pin in that with a lens. It just, it's not as ideal. I have one sitting right here next to me. It's the, I got the hunting pin in it with a uh, four power lens in it. I'm going to try yeah, and play with that is a nice thing about the um the ultra views too. You just pop out a cartridge, put another cartridge in. You don't have to like take the whole scope off or anything. Well, one of the main one of the main reasons I went back to the shrewd, not even the pin, uh, is what why I went back. But on those nomads uh, for three D, I took a uh, one of the three step peep centering rings. Yeah. And and put it on my lathe and turned the back part of the shade down where it's because right because from out of the box there's like a little bit of a of a ledge between 
that base of it and the first uh, centering ring. Mm-hmm. So I turned that down on, uh, where it's flush because I JB welded it in the back of a long sunshade. So I have the long sunshade on the back of the scope housing with that three-step centering ring JB welded into it. <laughs> but the that lit, I couldn't see my indicator on my site, my yardage pointer. So I had to turn that lip off of it to be able to see my yardage indicator. Ah. But that's the reason I went back to that scope housing is because of that three-step ring in different lighting situations. My, I can still center my peep up perfect with my scope, no matter if it's, you know, if I'm in something that's kind of dark and the peep looks really big compared to the scope housing, or if you're standing out at the practice bags in the direct sunlight and it looks really small, you'll have that smallest centering ring. Gotcha. So that's the reason I went back to that scope. But yeah, I kind of Frankenstein that setup so I could get that uh, scope super dark. JB welded that in the back of it, which you can't send me a picture of that. I'll post it. It actually looks pretty legit, to be honest with you. (laughs) Send me a picture, I'll post it the Instagram page. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. But this is something I've not even discussed with you off of here. Uh, So, my any scope housing that I shoot normally, I haven't done it to the mini mag because I actually forgot to bring it up here from Kentucky, but I bought some. uh, ultra black paint it's like just super 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 matte black paint and i usually paint the inside of my scope housings so no light can reflect around in there yeah i've done that i've got um what was it i bought it off amazon i think it's like the darkest black paint that there is yeah uh so i did that i do that so no i just do that so no reflection can come up to your lens and then I, on the inside of my sunshades, I bought felt tape that they line uh, movie theater screens with to keep them from uh, reflecting out on the wall. Uh-huh. And I line the inside of my sunshades with that. Ah. So no, so that, that scope housing is ridiculously dark. I mean, it's the no... No reflection at all in that thing on the lens. So there was this stuff, um, Black 2.0. It's the world's maddest, flattest black, like high pigment water-based acrylic paint. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon. And I would use stuff like that, and I would put that, and before I started using the Hamsky system, I would actually put line the inside of my peeps with that. Yep. And it would prevent any kind of glare coming in. Uh, before I was using, if I wasn't using clarifiers and stuff, especially, but the Hamsky peep is designed. It's almost like a, a cone shape inside, if you don't know. And then it's ridged inside. There's these lips inside of it to help re- deflect light. Yeah, so, it has baffles, kind of like a gun suppressor would be, that hold the reflect the light back from coming in to the clarifier. And it's actually yeah, funny. So, uh, you remember the. Uh, the gosh, what were they called? That peep that Tommy Gomez helped make. The top and what was that peep called? I don't remember this. It it was a uh, it took specialty uh, apertures like the old specialty apertures, mm-hmm. 
but it was long, so it looked like a specialty peep that had the shrink tubing on it, but it was just a solid plastic peep. Uh, hmm. I think it was called like the Tommy peep or something. I don't remember exactly. I don't remember that. But those came out before the Hamsky peeps came out, and it's actually funny because I had the same idea that the Hamsky peep came out with, and I actually took a little ball burr bit on a Dremel and carved my own uh, rings out inside of that peep. Oh, the peep and tom. Peep and tom. Or yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, it was like a two with a grooves in the center of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got you. And yeah, so I, and I, I carved out grooves on the inside of the shade just like the Hamsky has and shot that for a while before the Hamskys came out. Yeah, gotcha. so I thought it was pretty funny when the Hampshires came out that I was doing the That's same right. thing. Yeah, the Peep and Tom by Tommy Gomez. That's it. Yeah. I don't think they make them anymore, do they? Uh, don't know. Oh, I didn't know where you looked it up at. The um, I don't know if they still make them, but let's see here. <laughs> I found a site that, that called the Archery Company. If anybody wants to go to it, it's um, it'll cost you twenty five quid, twenty five pounds to buy it. Apparently, it's oh a, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty proud of it. Twenty-five pounds—that's that's a good dollar amount. Yeah, I don't have any of them left. I think I don't. They didn't. They weren't popular. They didn't catch on. I don't know why. No. Well, I'm surprised they got a thirty-seven degree, which is designed for like forty-inch axle axle bows. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Tommy shoots like a shorter axle axle and stuff. So I'm surprised. Yeah, I don't. Well, he's also has a short draw length. So well, he's also not very tall. Yeah, but yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, when that... Yeah, if anybody gets a chance to look that up, it's the Peep and Tom by Tommy Gomez. Check that out. It almost looks like especially would have been like, oh, this looks like a good idea. I don't know which one came first in the chicken or the egg here, but well, it's that, not that... badly. It looks like it would be efficient, like almost like a mini rifle scope. Yeah, so that Peep came out, I think, around... 16, 17 around in there, I think. 16, 17, 18, somewhere right in there. But it didn't stick around long. It was kind of, it bursted on the scene. Several people were shooting them and then it disappeared. Yeah, I'm surprised somebody didn't pick that up. I don't know why, but I could see Spot Hog carrying that. I don't know why. Hmm. In my head, I just pictured that going with them. Yeah, the, the Hamsky came out and kind of took rain over everything yeah well especially had the market for a long time till hamsky came out with that thing well they just had shrink tubing yeah uh well i mean as far as they were they were dominated with clarifiers and stuff like that well yeah yeah Yeah. that's true as far as the competitive side of things and then hamsky came out and then the especially peeps not a bad one i might i might actually try one of those maybe for 3d i don't know yeah i've not messed with the podium I have to order. I think I'll do that. I'll order a podium and play with it for 3D season. I yeah. I love the Hamskies. Don't get me wrong; they make great product. But I'll try that podium out too. Yeah, I've not messed with it any. I've put a couple in people's bows at the shop, but I've not personally played with one myself. Right. Well, my setup doesn't really change too much. I'm I'm a real bad creature of habit. I need to work on that when it comes to doing certain things. But the um, like I said. I, I changed my scope this year. I'm running the ultra view over the, the optum, but um, I'm sticking with about the same power lens five, a plus 
um, clarifier with the Hamski. But I am going to try playing with apertures, I think, here in the next week or two. Running a five power, maybe a four power, and trying to run it with and without clarifiers and changing my aperture sizes just to see what the effect is in the between light and dark and indoor and outdoor and stuff. But I've always pretty much stuck with about a five power lens, four and five power lens. Like I said, I tried with, I think, what's the shoot after London? You what? What's the ASA after London? I can't remember right now. Uh, Illinois. Illinois. Metropolis. Yeah, I think I shot a six power Metropolis. And um, it wasn't too bad, but I went back to the five and felt more comfortable with it. Now, here's oh. something else, though. I've also changed. I used to run my sight a little bit further out. And this yep. last year, I started bringing my sight closer to my riser. And bringing my sight closer to my riser, especially with 3D, because I'm shooting 50 yards. So I'm not too worried about it. It's not like I'm shooting 50 meter, 80 meter, 70 meter, or anything like that. I'm not shooting field courses or anything with it. Which probably wouldn't change my mind anyway. But when your sight is further away from your peep, that would be considered to be more accurate if it's lined up, technically. Yeah, because you got a longer sight point. Because you have a long, exactly. Now, however, that also, if you torque or anything like that, that can be magnified. Mm -hmm. The closer you bring that scope housing now back to the riser, the less movement unless that torque affects that shot. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found. I found that I can, I'm a little bit more comfortable and I don't have as much movement and I can hold a little bit better when I brought that scope housing closer to my riser. I just, I've never really played with it in that aspect. I just, I usually, when I'm setting up a 3D bow or uh like a bow I'm going to be shooting mainly outside. I kind of find a, not a super sunny day, but not a, not super cloud either. Just kind of, you know, overcastish, and go out and just try some different peep sides and sizes and move my sight in and out till I get a setup that's not dark. But you ever find it ends up in kind of a consistent up. area? So my sight pretty much stays exactly where it's at. Uh, which my bow is not in here right now for me to look at, but it's like it's pretty much in the middle of the bar, so it's not all the way out. It's not all the way. In. I went to the range. I need to bring my bow into from the truck. My bow stays in my car. Yeah, I need to go pull mine out and bring it in. The um, I just found that if I keep it a certain distance from my riser, I've just I get less m movement with my scope, and I notice I just I throw the alignment from my peep to my scope. I throw it out of alignment a lot less than if I were to force a shot or something, if I had to, than when my scope is further away from my bow. Right. Yeah. So I encourage anybody to try that. If, uh, if you're getting a lot of movement and shake and stuff and your scope's way out there, try to bring it a little closer to your riser and see what it does. Let me know what you think. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that thinks that. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. You're yeah. taking leverage off of it. Yep. But, yeah, some people change. Some people don't. It just depends. The nice thing about running, like, the ham skis or the specialty, though, as opposed to a fixed uh, a fixed peep, is that you do have that opportunity to change out. If it's nice and sunny and foley, and the next thing you know, it's dark clouds and storming, 
you can change your aperture out a little bit if you need to for more light or something like that. Yeah, it is nice. Uh, for that's why I shoot. That's why I shoot one for anything outdoor, is so I can play with the aperture size without having to take the peep in and out. But you know, for indoor, you very rarely need to change the aperture size. No, I usually find one. Most of the time, if there's anything indoors, it's lighting. And usually add a click here or there and that adjusts for whatever. If I'm going to someplace that's like an off lighting or different lighting and stuff, I've never really had to change apertures for indoor either. Now that is something I've had to do. I'll go from one range and I'll be shooting dead on. I'll go to another range and the lighting's different or I'm up against the wall and I hit more left or or I'll hit right or something like that. And then I'll just add a click or so. And that seems to fix that. Yeah. That's just different, different lighting in the way. Yeah. The way that your eyes and everything adjust to it. Yeah. So anybody goes up there and thinks, well, I hit dead on in my range. I go to another range and I hit high every time. Well, just adjust for it and shoot your shot. Yeah. It happens. Don't let that dictate how you're going to shoot that night. Sometimes it's okay to add a click here and there. Oh, I, I stay clicking my side. You stay clicking. It's like George, George said, you, you, you paid extra money to have those knobs. It is a feature you paid for. Utilize it. So I'm going to use it, and I'm going <laughs> to use it well. It's going to get use. Well, it needs to. You don't shoot the same every single time you go to that line. No. You don't anchor. I know there's the nose buttons, and there's the techniques and the, all this stuff, but uh, I, I don't care who you are. You do not 1,000% anchor the same way every single time. That's why you have to add clicks. Why do you think you see people in Vegas or something like that? They're on the line shooting indoors and, you know, they made it all the way to the shoot off. And then what do you see them doing? You'll see them throw clicks in. You'll see them throw clicks in there. Why? Reason one, they paid for those clicks. They're going to use them. Two, those clicks are helping them get paid. So they're going to make adjustments based off of how they're shooting. Don't be stubborn. Don't sit there and hit like, 30 tens out the left and hit four X's in the night because you didn't want to add two clicks to your site. I click that site all day. Now, sometimes I'm stubborn and I won't click it enough and it takes me a little bit to get there. And then I'll wish I had clicked it more to begin with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I clicked that SOP. Yeah, just do it. Just click it. You know what? You need to click your sights. You know why you need to do them, especially when you're practicing or under pressure? Because you need to know how much movement you need. Not all sights are created equal. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So whatever to... sight you're using, you need to sit there and utilize those clicks, these. Yeah, you need to fully understand how much one click is going to move your arrow. And some people think, I don't know, I've heard people say that they can't see a difference in one click. And it's like... Homie, I, I feel like I've had sites that, I mean, every site's different. All click increments are different, but sometimes I wish I had half a click. Because it's like, I'll click it, and it'll go from one side of the X to the other. Yeah. But that's it's, just. Not all clicks are pretty equal, so the different brands is different. I think, I want to say, like, B3 has the finest amount of clicks. Yeah. Right yeah. It's the, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you can almost walk your way across the 10 ring. If, well, B3 B3's left and right adjustment is really nice. Yes. We'll leave it there. 
the um no i mean they're making a good site i mean if, for those who don't know the original that's the original um scott v3 yeah it's uh they're they're if i could take their left and right adjustment and put it on uh my excel windage bar or elevation bar i mean i'd be down yeah 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 because you can i mean you can dance that thing all the way across the x ring, and then some sites it's like you know you've got you know you're on the left side you add a click you're on the right side yeah like the the cb uh what vertex yeah vertexes and the elite 3ds and stuff targets Mm -hmm. yeah those left and right adjustments it was that that's the side i was referring to when i felt like a click would take me from one side of the x to the other yeah they were pretty big the new elevates a lot a lot nicer it's a lot you got a lot more movement per click on this or a lot less movement per click if you will i've not messed with it i don't i don't have a site sponsor nor do i want one yeah just so i can I like to play with different things. Heck yeah, why not? I tell we you talked about that. I did the same thing. I didn't re-sign with some companies or some brands because I want to play. What site feels pretty good is that Black Gold Competition 2A site, the, the second edition they came out with. Yeah. I bought the first one that they made and wasn't super impressed with it. So when the second one came out, I just didn't pay it any attention. And we had two of them, two of the second editions in the trailer uh, while I was doing inventory. And I was count when I went to count them, I took one out to mess with it. And uh, it's actually pretty legit. Oh, yeah? Have, uh, your axes are micro-adjust. So really? Like, yeah, you can micro-adjust your different axes and then the the left and right adjustment and the windage adjustment is pretty fine. And it doesn't look like there's any like major plastic components that can wear out. So everything looks pretty solid. Hmm. I may, I may put one on the uh, OD Greenbow. Really? I run that for uh, outdoor. Yeah. Cause it was, it was actually pretty legit looking and feeling. Hmm. You have to check that out. The um, it was nice. Yeah, I remember the first one came out. The second one, I got a student using. I think it's the first one. Yeah, the second one's the second one's pretty legit. The Shibuya Ult is it the Ultima Two? Uh, yeah. The new one from Shibuya. That one's actually pretty sick too. Very proud of it. It's like the Ultimate Pro or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, the ultimate super duper deluxe. Yeah, super duper deluxe six hundred dollar site. Yeah, I mean it's if you buy that site, you better use a click every damn time you shoot it because I almost bought one. every click. When when my CB wore out and I was going to buy a site, mm-hmm. uh, the only thing that we had in stock at the time was a B three and the Shibuya, and I almost bought the Shibuya. Mm. But all we had was silver. That was an aesthetics thing. Yeah, I wasn't about, I wasn't, not for the money. 
I wasn't going to buy what I didn't want. Well, when you bought that, was that before or after you found out you got a red bone, not a black one? That was before I knew I got a red bone. Hmm. So I thought I was going to have a black bow at the time. Yeah, you opened that box. It was not black. Nope. No, it was not. And you had bought purple strings and accessories to go with that black bow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I sound so sensitive about it. It it's, worked out. Yeah. Now you got I a mean, bow called Passion Fruit, and it's some god ugly red color like with it. purple strings. I like it. It shoots good. Uh, yeah. I'm still, I'm glad that I got a bow with camo limbs, but I also wish I wouldn't have now because now I can't shoot it for USA or world archery. And I really do not want to have three bow setups. What you do is you get yourself a set of Genesis limb decals. And you cover the limbs with the with the carbon fiber stickers. I don't think Hoyt would like that. I think they'd be happy that you're just shooting their bow in there. Yeah, I really don't. Want how many that. people are shooting the Altus right now? Mm, I don't know if any one shooting one like that's not in an amateur class. I think I think uh, the only person that's going to be shooting the pro class that's shooting an Altus is uh, Ethan King. I don't know. I mean, there may be. I'm sure there'll be a few more, but I don't know of anyone shooting one. Not that I've seen anyone post about. I don't it. know why more people aren't shooting it. It's 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 a good bow. I mean, it's the Compared same. Victa. I mean, I guess everyone wants that shoot through, but it's. I mean, roughly the same bow. It has the same geometry, the same limb limb geometry the same cam uh it's an in-between axle to axle uh limb pockets were a little different but we would look like that but i mean that doesn't really seem to affect anything between the two no i mean i don't know what the advantage is to the limb pockets on the invicta versus the altus no i don't either I, i actually after look after looking at an invicta more uh I actually kind of like the Altus limb pocket more where the actual limb Is that limb composite or is it aluminum? Uh, so they're both machined aluminum. Okay. But the Altus limb tip sits in a plastic cradle mm-hmm. that actually has a dowel that sits up into the limb to kind of keep it centered. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've not, not taken an Invicta apart, so I don't know if they have a, just a machined aluminum dowel instead of a plastic one that centers them, or if they're, that limb just presses in there more like a Matthews limb. I'm not sure, because I'm not taking one apart. But, I don't know. kind of want to take one apart now and see. Yeah, I kind of I want to take one apart uh, to see. But no, I mean, there's... I don't know. I don't know why people more people aren't shooting it. It aims good. It shoots good. It has a good geometry. I mean, it has the same geometry. It has it, it on paper. It has really good specs. So the only, really, the main differences is you don't have an adjustable cable guard, and you don't have the interchangeable grip modules. But the grip on that bow is really really nice. It feels great. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why more people aren't shooting it. 
the specs, like I said, again, the specs on paper, everything looks good and you're shooting it. Well, I think uh, maybe you'll get some more people shooting it here. Cause I think it's a missed opportunity for Hoyt if they don't have people shooting that bow. Yeah, we'll I mean, I don't, I don't have, I don't personally have any influence on, on people. What? You're a social media influencer now. Right, right. This is our third podcast. I'm just. You should, I think, do you you get a parking spot when you go into, to the restaurants now? Uh, Actually, so uh, the, my apartment is above a restaurant, kind of. So technically I do have a parking spot. That's status, bro. That's, that's podcast status you've got right there. There's also a tattoo shop within walking distance of my apartment that I've restrained myself from walking into. Oh, man. You want to get like a, an Altus tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be wild. Get the limb decal. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. So let's go back to the scopes for a second. Do you prefer... I know I like to try and get my, depending on what I'm doing for the most part, though, I like to get my housing to line up with my peep. So sometimes I'll move my, like I said, I like to move my scope closer to my riser a little bit now. It could be because I'm getting old, but I like it closer to my riser. It allows me to use maybe a little bit larger aperture sometimes because I can still line it up, but I get more light. But I like to get it to where on my hunting bows, especially I might put it out just a little further on a hunting bow, especially using a multi-pin, but I like to get that peep to line up with that housing. So for 3D, I use that three-step peep centering ring. Yeah, I used an MOA when I was running the uh, their, their uh, so white circle. With it, on the overcast day, like what I was talking about, I try to play with it so my peep is centered up on the middle ring. That way, if it's low, super low light, my peep will sit, will center to the biggest ring, and then if it's super bright, it'll center to the smallest ring. Gotcha. Uh, so that's how I set my 3D side up. I would just play with different aperture sizes and moving my sight in and out. Till I got it to center up on that middle ring. And then for indoor, I just have basically what that same thing you were talking about in the back of my mini mag, just the one, one centering ring, just the one like machined lip or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they call it. Uh, I thought they called it like an MLA or something. And, uh, but I just play with it. I play with, aperture size and my sight being in and out to where I try to get it to where my peep for whatever range I'm shooting at the most. So whatever range I shoot at the most is what I like for my sight and stuff to be the most clear at. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm doing all my practicing. So like at Fox Harbor, I set it up where my, my peep centers to like, if you were to take that centering ring and draw the line around the middle of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I try to center my peep up like in the half of that ring. That way, if lighting changes a little bit, kind of like that three-step ring, but without using that. Gotcha. Uh, I know that was that same one they call it an EDR. 
I don't know what it stands for, but it's an MDR. That's what it is. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of rambling for nothing, but it made sense to me. So that's all that matters. It all adds up. It's math. My mom thinks I'm special, so that's all that matters. Yeah, they told you it was a little yellow SUV, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice of them. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's called an M. We call it an MDR. I don't know what it stands for though. Yeah, which you were shooting, you shoot a completely different indoor sight picture than I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm running a blue 10,000 center drill right now. Yep, on that ultra view. And you're shooting clarifier too, aren't you? Yeah, I'm shooting a five-powered clear target, clear target optics lens, center drill with a 10,000 little blue fiber. Maybe a quarter inch of fiber. That's all it is. And um, slightly flared out to keep it from pulling out. And then I'm running an A-plus Hamsky clarifier. Okay. You said that. I just couldn't remember if you said yeah. that. Yeah. And it varies uh, my aperture size. But right now, I think I'm running it. I'm running a I'm pretty sure I got two thirty seconds in there right now. It might be one size larger than that right now because I was swapping them out. But that's what kind of works for me. At least it has been. So I'm going to try some other stuff. Right now I'm getting my bow to hold a little bit better for me. I need to add like an ounce in the front. I'm getting like the slightest bit of up and down. I'm, da- I'm left and right's good, but I'm dancing up and down inside the ten ring. Right. I feel like my hold's good myself, so I'm going to add an ounce and see if that helps up front. Or I might play with some twists in the cables. Maybe I need a hashtag DMD. Maybe I need a damn character dar- dumbbell. Maybe you do. Maybe. Hashtag DMD. Old Dan McCarthy out there selling them dumbbells. Yeah, I got to figure. So I went <laughs> I went and shot uh, what would it have been? Third? It was either Thursday night or Friday night. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, remember. You, sh- you shot, um, let's see. Well, hold on, because you went and shot that was, yeah, it was a, couple, it was a few nights ago. Yeah. And you you made a couple changes, so you went and put the Bomar stops on. Yeah. On yeah, I put bow. the Bomar, which is a different, two different Bomar companies. Yeah, one has a W in it and one doesn't. Yeah. So the Bomar draw stop I put on, which it just gives you like a quarter inch contact patch. Mm-hmm. On your table, which but it spaces out where that that it, it's held on, right? Yeah, so it kind of just it distributes the the force on the cable, so it can't flex it. Uh, and that I don't know that seemed to help. I did notice a difference in my in my pin movement. Did you check your hold? That didn't affect your holding weight at all. Did it just it felt different I, on your back wall. I didn't check it before I put it on. Because I know when I ran, I ran those when I shot the Supras, um, the Supra Maxes. And I want to say if I remember, my holding weight increased a little bit because it was dis- distributing that energy over a larger space. Yeah, so I did check it after I put them on. Oh, you there? Nope. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now we can. Where'd you go? I don't know what happened. Maybe because I'm picking my phone up with this microphone plugged in. 
Oh, that's probably why. Uh, so I did. I did check my holding weight after I put it on, and it's twenty one point one. When I left there, weren't you at twenty? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Twenty, twenty and a half or something. I don't remember now. Yeah, somewhere in there. But so we we won't know unless you swap them back out and try it again and do it. But yeah, which I'm not. But it made the back wall a little bit harder on you, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to take it back off because guess what? Tell us what you did with it. I locked-tied it on. You locked-tied it on. So that is the king way. It's not coming back off, but yeah. Nope. Yeah, so it made the back wall a little more firm. Made it feel pretty good. Nice. You shot 30X too, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you smoked that one. But, but then I went the next night and shot like a 22. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I had worked all day from, let's see, 745 to 6, I guess. Yeah. And then went to eat. And so didn't get to the range till later anyway. I was pretty tired, but that's right. I shot a twenty and a twenty-one tonight, but we won't talk about the couple nines I dropped. Because yeah. I shot like uh, still shooting like poop poop. Still shooting goes, a little bit like Dookie, but it's getting better. That just it, goes to show you archery happens. I shot yeah. a, I shot a thirty-one nine and turned around and shot a. I don't even. I quit count next just because I got pissed off. But it had been like a twenty-two, twenty-three by those said and done. Still solid, but you can't expect a 30x every single time. I mean, you might want it and strive for it, but it's hard to say. I'm gonna shoot 30x every single time I get up here and actually do it. That was the first one that I'd shot since the practice range in Vegas in 2018. I've shot, I've never shot a 30, I've shot 28s. I've shot what year did I shoot Vegas? 2000. Was it the same year you went to Lancaster? No. For the first time, or did you shoot Vegas before that? Yeah, it had been 2018. Okay, so it was a year after? Yeah. Yeah, so the, that was the last time I shot one, but I hadn't shot a whole lot of indoor since then, really. Mm-hmm. So. Let's well, come back around now. Because you got, let's see, you're going to shoot, you're going to the Iowa Pro-Am, mm-hmm. and then you're going to do... Lancaster will be there. Mm-hmm. We may be both fit at Vegas. If not, you'll be at Vegas. I'll be at Vegas, but I won't be shooting Vegas unless Lancaster goes extremely well. Got you. And then uh, Indoor Nationals? Yeah, I'll be there hoping, hoping, fingers crossed, I can shoot. We should be able to. There'll be enough of us there that we can swap out and shoot and work the trailer, yes. hopefully. Hopefully. It's a pretty busy, pretty busy shoot. Well, I plan on being at least at Lancaster, and I'll be at Indoor Nationals. And then I'll be at um, Foley for the first ASA. Yeah, I'll be there. As will you, but you'll be on the trailer. Yeah, I'll be there. You'll see me. Absolutely. We'll be hanging out the trailer. Come by and see us. Come by and hang out. I'll have to get you to uh, bring me something to drink in a Yeti cup. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yeti cup with a sealed lid. Don't worry about what it, what's in it. Don't worry about the contents. You just get your Don't shit and get out. Just know that it's a Yeti's. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the trailer. Get your shit and get out. Just think. Just I think that's think what about. Walmart should start saying. That's what the Walmart greeter should be. Yeah. Welcome to Walmart. Get your shit and get out. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's how they do at Walmart. No, I try to be nice to everyone. Yeah. No, but seriously, come hang, come come see us at the trailer. Ethan yeah, will be at just about every single trailer, and I'll be at the ones at the ASAs and a couple of the indoors. So who, who did you, who did you talk to about working on the trailer? That was part of mine when I was getting hired on. Because Mike, we were sitting at the Christmas party, and he's like, "I listened to your podcast." I didn't know Billy was going to help with the trailer. No one yeah. talked to me. He said, I'll take the help, though. Yeah, the ASA events. Yeah, I was like, yeah. And the indoor stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be at them. Hopefully, we'll get some help, and I, I get to shoot a couple things. Yeah, absolutely. Not the ASAs. I'll let you have those. Yeah. That's fine. Like I said, you can have the USA events, and if, if Mike needs me and I'm able to go to the USA stuff, I'll go there and work the trailer, and you can shoot them. Yeah, I think... So we've we've looked we've sat down and looked at the schedule as far as what stuff trailers are going to, but we've not sat down to determine who's going where yet. Gotcha. So we're going to be doing that maybe next week, hopefully. So I'll actually figure out what tournaments I'll be at on the trailer, and then what tournaments I won't be at. Get all that hashed out, man, so you know what to train for. Yeah. It'll just be indoor field, maybe a couple uh, 50 meter tournaments, hopefully. Word. That'll be awesome. Then you'll yeah. be really working the other stuff. Yeah. I'd like to shoot Gator Cup. I'm not sure if it'll work out or not yet, but uh, I, haven't, I haven't got to shoot Gator Cup in a few years, so I'd like to shoot it. I've never shot Gator Cup. My mother shoots it. She shot it a few times. I think each time she's done it, she's won it. Hey, isn't she? Doesn't she live right around there or something? Uh, yeah, they live down in South Florida right now. They're moving up to Gainesville. She'll be uh, near Gainesville. She'll, she'll be like, I think, 20 minutes from the Newberry facility, the house they just bought. Tell her I'm coming to stay with her. Yeah, absolutely. She'll only be five hours away, so that'll be awesome. From me. And you're going you're gonna to come shoot Gator Cup with me. Maybe. When is it? I have no idea. I'd have to look at the schedule. Not Mike. Maybe I'll set up a bow and go down there. Just tell Mike, you and I will take the trailer down there. Yeah. We're Give him some time off. In. Yeah. You hear that? You hear that, Mike? If you're listening, you can uh, take the time off. We'll take it. We got it. The A minus team. Yeah. Oh, but hear footsteps upstairs. Sounds like my wife just made home. I dread, I dread the first time that. I end up at a tournament without Mike because I'm going to be calling him and asking him where shit's at on the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> where did we put this? I don't remember. That man, <laughs> that man's like a freaking trailer wizard, man. He knows exactly where everything is. You can be like, hey, have you seen this half-inch piece of fiber optic? Oh, yeah, it's uh, up under the counter on that one dust mic. Yeah, that, that well, the trailer is like a puzzle box and only he knew how to solve. Yeah, and it's... I'm trying to figure it out, but I find stuff all the time, and it's like, where the heck did this come from? Yeah. Yeah, well, the new trailer, at least now that you're going in there from scratch, you'll have a better idea. Yeah, which I, I know where everything is on this trailer now because I just inventoried every bit of it. So, Well, you're still inventorying. It's taking you like two months. I'm on the back wall. I'm on. I did feathers today. 
And the next thing is the veins. Thank you very much. So when anybody goes to the trailers, this is the 3D trailer. When you go to these and you see Ethan, tell him how good of a job he did on this trailer, please. Hey, it wasn't just me. <laughs> Mike watched. Mike Mike took care of... Mike, Mike, a lot of people don't know Mike, obviously, but Mike does a lot for his position. Yeah, he does. He does. I didn't realize before I got hired on there and went out there and checked it out how much that one person does. Yeah, he does. That involves the trailers and the travel and stuff. It's crazy. Oh, he's in charge. Of, uh, he's he does a ton. He's a yeah. good dude. The guy knows the IT stuff too. It's crazy. Yeah, he, all the company vehicles. He keeps up with all the maintenance and making sure stuff gets to inspection and make sure everything's still good to go. And he does the same thing for the trailers. Not even not even the trailers that we pull to the tournaments, but just the trailers that we use to pull tractors around and cars around and he does a ton he does a lot more than he does a lot more than what people probably realize oh yeah so if y'all see mike think mike he keeps those trailers up oh he keeps, we salute you mike he keeps the trailers he keeps the trailers intact because he he runs reports on sales and stuff and uh keeps keeps the product flowing that people are wanting to buy so so when you go to the trailer and they have something that's because mike mike goes through the extensive research of figuring out everything that needs to be on there and puts it on there so if something's on the trailer that you want and you don't think they're going to have but they have it thank mike there you go you guys see mike thank him well we just about hit an hour here so oh a couple things real quick um, for some other archery podcasts for people out there. Um, we got another guy. It's, it's got a podcast going. It's pretty good. It's called Blue Line Archery Podcast. Uh, check that out. And there's another one, a West Coast one, that covers a lot of West Coast events and shooters, and that is Archery Unfiltered. Archery Unfiltered or Archery Uncensored, one of the two. I think it's Archery Unfiltered, but check that out, too. Those are both good podcasts. Um, and then please be sure to uh, like and comment and um Spread the word about this podcast right here. I think Ethan and I are enjoying it. We enjoy the feedback. We want to keep doing it. If anybody has topic ideas, shoot us a message. Um, speaking of messages, Ethan, did you decide on what color string you're going to go with for your OD green bow? Uh, I have not because I'm very indecisive. Yeah. We did have some people chime in on it, though. And we, we did, did have somebody that sent us a message. Um, I'm going to pull that up real quick because that was yeah, pretty exactly. cool. It actually looked pretty good. It was that electric blue with the OD green serving. In my head, that sounds terrible, but that picture actually looked good. It looked really good. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was Ethan Cumberworth. Yeah. Ethan Cumberworth. Thank you, buddy. He sent in a picture. That yeah. dude, it looked pretty good. We'll see. I don't even know when that thing's going to show up, so... Well, when it gets here, you'll find out, I guess, and that's when you'll make your decision. It'll be a last-second decision. <laughs> gotcha. It'll be probably electric blue, and I don't know that that actually did look pretty good. So we may go that route. It looked really good. It was a it was a pretty convincing photo to me to do the electric. But I wasn't as sold on it until I saw saw that. Yeah, it, it did. It turned out pretty good. Yep. All right. Well, until we do the next one, uh, keep them flying. And I guess we'll talk to you all later. Deuces.